Do you ever find yourself turning to your phone without even thinking about it? Or do you get sucked into scrolling and regret not using that time for something else? You are not alone. I'm Alex, a screen time mentor for young moms, and I'm here to help you get a grip on your own screen time so you can be present, intentional, and live a more fulfilling life. Welcome to the Mindful with Media podcast. I just finished playing ponies with B, my two-year-old, and now I get to record a podcast and I'm just thinking about my life. Sometimes I can't believe that I get to do it all. I feel like I get to have this thriving business and I get to spend time with my kids and play ponies with them. Anyways, it's really fun and I'm just feeling really grateful that this is my life. It has been a minute. I took a few weeks off of the podcast with the start of the new year and kind of figuring out where I want things to go with my business for this year, but I am back and ready to release new episodes every Wednesday. And today we're talking about something that feels really close to my heart. And so we want to be really sensitive as I'm talking about these things today. And that is this idea of what to do when someone really close to you is struggling. And I am the type of person that if I'm not aware, I tend to take on the emotions of anybody around me. I've always been very sensitive that way. I remember one experience in particular as a little girl, I was riding the bus home from school and there was a little boy and somebody else said something kind of unkind to him. And I remember just going home that day and just crying and crying and crying, feeling so sad that he was treated that way. And I think this is a strength in a lot of ways to be able to feel empathy and to be able to be empathetic for people. But I've also realized that if I'm not aware of this about myself, it can also negatively impact other parts of my life where I can't enjoy the good parts of my life because I'm always mourning for other people or feeling sad or trying to make other people's problems go away because I care about them and I really do care about people. So today I'm going to be sharing about some things that I've learned on my journey of how to be an empathetic person and really care for people and support people who are struggling while also finding your own joy in the good parts of your life and not letting that rob you of the amazing experiences that you're having in your own life. When my kids are playing with toys, for example, like when my son B, who's almost three, is playing with his trains and he gets frustrated that it's not doing what he wants it to do, it's really easy for me to want to jump in and fix it for him so that he'll stop feeling frustrated. And this is just a small example, but I've noticed this in almost every relationship in my life. When somebody close to me is struggling, whether it's in a small way, like trying to build a train track or really big and heavy ways, it's really easy for me to want to try to jump in and fix those problems and just make them go away and 
make that person be happy. But I've realized that that's not my true goal in life. Like for myself, when I look back at my life, I realized that the times and experiences that I've grown the most and learned the most and become the best version of myself is often when I am doing something that might be a little bit hard or I'm experiencing emotions that might be a little bit difficult. And so for other people, for people that I care about and that are close to me, I want to allow them that same experience to be able to grow and become and change. And I believe that happens through things that might seem uncomfortable and might seem like struggle. And so I've really tried to internalize that when someone's close to me is struggling, that it's okay in some ways to allow that struggle. Something that I believe and I talk about a lot is allowing all emotions. And I think that's something that as a society, we're getting a lot better at. Like there used to be that song, if you chance to meet a frown, do not let it stay. Quickly turn it upside down and smile that frown away. And I don't believe that anymore. I believe in allowing yourself to to frown and feel sad. And I believe there's a lot of good that comes instead of just like stuffing away bad emotions, allowing those emotions. There's another episode coming out about this in a few weeks, but also if you listen to episode 29, so that's about when you're in a hard place emotionally. And I share four steps for what you can do personally to allow those emotions and move through them instead of just pushing them to the side or just letting them overtake you. So that's one thing for me to allow all emotions for myself, but it's a whole nother thing to be able to allow other people that same privilege of allowing all emotions. My husband, Matt, went through this period of time where he was really in a hard place. He was really feeling down and it was a hard time for me because On those days when he was feeling sad, I wanted to just make him happy. I found myself trying different things subconsciously to just make him not feel sad anymore. And then I realized that I was not living aligned with my values, that I really value allowing him to feel that emotion, to feel that sadness and process that instead of just making it go away. And I think this is the same with my kids, you know, when they're having a tantrum, when I don't let them do something, it's really easy for me to want to give into that tantrum so that they'll stop crying or they'll stop feeling whatever hard emotion they're feeling. And with all of this, like I said, I've had to do a lot of inner work to see if I'm really okay with all emotions. And when my kids are crying and it's starting to feel overstimulating to me, that loud crying Sometimes I just want to make them stop, just stop crying, whether that's giving in to whatever they're crying about or just telling them to stop, but that's not allowing all emotions. And, you know, I think with that overstimulation, I can step away. I can say, hey, I need a break from this noise. I can go outside. It's okay if you cry, but I need a break from this. I think that's a different thing. And there are also tools that you can teach them in that moment for how to cope with their emotions but as far as just like wanting to make them stop crying or make them stop feeling frustrated or just make it go away is not allowing all emotions like I I believe is important for myself and for other people 
And so I think the more that we practice allowing all emotions for ourselves and coping with our emotions in healthy ways, it actually becomes easier to allow other people around us, whether that's our kids or husband or close friends or family members, it becomes easier to allow them to feel those feelings because we know that they're going to be okay and that feelings are actually helpful if we work through them in healthy ways. And so I think a lot of this work of what to do when someone close to you is struggling is to figure out where you're at with what are your thoughts around having hard days or having big emotions or big feelings like for yourself. Are you okay with those? And the more you're okay with it for yourself, then it becomes easier when other people are experiencing those things as well. And I think as part of that inner work that I've had to do to allow other people's emotions, the good emotions and the harder emotions, I've had to realize that I can still feel happy and I can still embrace the good parts of my life when people close to me are struggling. And this is something that I have worked through a lot in therapy. It's not better if I'm miserable and also suffering because somebody close to me is suffering. Me being in a good place isn't what's causing somebody else to be struggling with the things that I have. My husband, Matt, like I said, he went through this period of time where he was just really down and I started feeling really guilty that I was in such a good place. I love my life. I was having so much fun with our kids and with friends. I was feeling so fulfilled in the work I do with one-on-one coaching and with these trainings and with my podcast, with Mindful With Media. I was feeling so fulfilled in my work. I was feeling so connected with God and myself and our kids. I just was in a really good place. And I started feeling really guilty about that. I subconsciously thought that somehow it would be better for him if I was also really sad, which from a logical standpoint, you can realize that that's not what's best for everyone. If I'm in a really good place and I feel fulfilled and happy and connected and I'm having all of these amazing experiences in life, I am in a better place to support someone who is struggling that's close to me. I'm able to listen to them and validate them. I'm able to offer solutions from a, a good mental space. I'm able to physically serve them, whether that's through taking on more household tasks or offering to watch someone's kids. You know, it's actually better for everyone if you embrace the good parts of your life, embrace that you are in a good place. I think I somehow thought that because I loved my life and was experiencing all these good things that he wasn't experiencing, that it was my fault that he was not enjoying life like I was. And I I have a tendency to do that, that I don't do as much as I used to, but it, I just had to notice, I had to catch myself to make sure I wasn't subconsciously putting unnecessary blame on myself. Just because I'm experiencing something that somebody close to me wants or doesn't have doesn't mean it's my fault that I 
have that good thing and they don't. Just because I have a happy marriage doesn't mean that I'm the reason somebody else doesn't have a happy marriage. Just because I have a family with kids doesn't mean I am the cause that somebody close to me doesn't have a family with kids. Just because I have a job that's fulfilling and that I love and that I'm making the money that I want to make doesn't mean that I'm the reason that somebody close to me isn't also experiencing that. And this doesn't mean that you don't have empathy or care about that person. I think that's why we're talking about this. It's because we do care about those people. But it's just remembering you enjoying these things is not the cause of that person not having those things. And one way that I do that inner work is through realizing that I can only control myself. I cannot control whatever the circumstance is. I can't, you know, make my husband have a new job. I can't make my son stop feeling frustrated. And like, there are things I can do that will influence that. But ultimately, I can only control myself. And so just focusing on that, that I have to kind of just surrender and let that control go. So once I've gotten to a place where I realize that my happiness and my joy and the experiences in my life are not dependent on other people and how they're feeling, then I feel like I'm in a better place to support them and help them because I'm not so desperate for them to be happy because I'm putting my happiness in the control of them when I'm not so desperate for them to not struggle anymore it's ironically easier for me to support them in their struggles and I think kind of just back on that note sometimes I subconsciously think that somehow if I'm struggling or I'm also experiencing whatever hard thing they're experiencing it'll make it better for them I've kind of misunderstood that, that that's what empathy is, but I I don't believe that's what empathy is. I don't believe just because someone else is going through a hard time, you also have to go through that hard time. I think you can feel really good about where you are and your life, and you can have empathy for them and support them and love them through that. So when I am in a good place for this, some things that I like to do. One, I like to ask them this specific question. Are you in a problem-solving mode or are you in a venting mode? And when Matt, my husband, when he was really down and in a hard place, whenever he would bring things up, I was always jumping to solutions. Just like in that, there's that video where the wife has a nail in her forehead and she keeps complaining like my sweaters keep snagging when I put them on and I have this pressure in my head and he's like well you have a nail in your forehead and she's like it's not about the nail anyways I feel like it was kind of like that where I was like I wanted to go straight to solving the problem and I thought that I was listening and validating enough and then I was ready to move on to solving the problem but he expressed that he felt like I wasn't listening I didn't really care and so then I started using this question so the first time I used this he was talking about something and I was ready to offer a solution and I remembered this and I just said 
are you in a problem solving mode or are you in a venting mode? And he responded that he didn't know and then just was kind of quiet. So then I just kind of left it and we didn't have any more of that conversation. Then later that day, he came to me and he was ready to problem solve. And he expressed how helpful that question was for him to figure out for himself. Was he ready to problem solve or was he still just needing to vent and process and be in that mode? And so I think it can be really helpful to just ask the person that you're talking to what they need. Are you wanting me to just listen and validate or are you wanting me to help you talk through solutions and offer help? And just to make sure that you're both on the same page there. Another thing that can help me to stay in a good place when I'm wanting to support somebody that is struggling is when I want to help, whether that's, you know, through offering solutions or through some type of service, making lunch for my husband or bringing a dinner to a friend or things like that. I always ask myself, am I helping because I want to support or am I helping because I'm trying to make them happy or make the problem go away? And this might sound like kind of the same thing, but in my mind, it feels very different. When I am helping because I love someone and I care about them and I I want to support them, it's not trying to control them or the situation. It's just offering because I love them. Whereas sometimes I can find myself serving because, again, more out of trying to control the situation or I need them to be happy or I want to make them happy or I want to make this situation better. And that force doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel right. So I guess just to kind of recap on some of my thoughts on this topic of what to do when someone close to you is struggling so that you can still enjoy and embrace all the good parts of your life and support them. The first point was to stop trying to make people's problems go away or try to make people feel a certain way. And to do that, you might need to do some inner work to make sure that you really are okay with allowing all emotions. The other point that I talked about was that you can still feel happy and enjoy the wonderful parts of your life while someone close to you is struggling and not enjoying those things. That doesn't make you a bad person and it won't do you or them any good for you to stop enjoying those things. And then finally, I touched on some some tips to actually support people that are close to you. One, asking them that question, are you in a problem-solving mode or are you in a venting mode? And then just asking yourself before serving someone, am I doing this because I want to support them and show my love for them? Or am I doing this because I want to make them happy or make this problem go away? This is something that I'm still figuring out and working on. So I would love any thoughts you have on this topic of what to do when someone close to you is struggling. And I'm starting something new this year called what do you think Wednesdays actually I have no idea what it's called I just made that up on the spot but every Wednesday I will be holding discussions about whatever the podcast episode was about that week in my stories on Instagram so if you're not already come follow me on Instagram and we'll be talking about this topic and having conversations about this 
Thank you so much for listening today, and I will talk to you next week. I believe we should stop focusing on the negative aspects of screens and start using them as tools to support our values. We are the first generation learning to navigate this media-saturated society, and it is not easy. You don't have to be perfect, but as you are mindful, technology can be a tool to help you thrive. We're in this together as we figure out how to live a present, intentional life in this world consumed by screens. If you appreciated this podcast, would you make sure to leave a review and subscribe? I'm so glad you could be here today, and I'll see you next week.